All right, welcome to the Yanagita Podcast Show. I got a special guest, Mr. Richard Bisson, and uh, 35 years in law, 17 year as a judge, and a whole bunch of other accolades, and mayoral candidate for our 20 upcoming, uh, upcoming. and um, it's a big honor. I know um, this is uh, really exciting, and we got a lot of questions from the viewers, and I know we were just talking, and you, you seem so easy to talk to. Oh, wow. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, I wanted to find out more about how you started this. So, yeah, that's what we're talking about. And, and that's awesome. And so, you know, it's just amazing because I was listening to some of the some of the origins of why you started the campaign. OK. And it was for the was it for the grandkids? Yes. I remember. Yeah. <clears throat> My three grandsons. Yeah. Their, their names are Lalakia, Naluwahi, Kilinahi. Mm -hmm. uh, they're 10, 7 and 1. And um, they're my three grandsons that belong. Two of my three daughters are their moms. And so I was worried, you know, I was concerned about their future. Um, you know, I guess when I was doing my other work, it didn't really occur to me. Uh, but as I was getting closer to retirement and thinking about future, I was concerned. You know, growing up here on Maui, I don't think any of us really stop and think about whether we can remain here like whether we can live here at least i didn't mm. in my you know growing up in the 70s the 60s or 70s um and so i worry now because i think maybe for my daughters not so much but for my grandsons i just wonder what will it take for them to be able to survive thrive and live here and so i think we got to change some policies we got to change make some better decisions and we got to be thinking farther ahead you know a lot of times at least for politicians, they think maybe two-year cycles, four-year cycles, mm. you know, to get reelected or mm -hmm. get on the next, uh, you know, campaign. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But people who aren't politicians, we don't think that way. Mm. We think, in my case, a generation or two generations ahead. Mm. What is Maui going to look like? How do we want to see Maui? Huh. And if we want to see it that way, we got to plan now. Right. Because right now we've just, it's a little bit of catch-up, a little bit of kind of a hodgepodge, you know, we, I think, I feel this, we just got to have a better vision for our future. Wow. And that vision has to, has to be that our grandkids and our grandkids' grandkids can remain and live on Maui if they choose to. Yeah. That's what we, that's the target. That's the whole goal. That's awesome. And like, you know, talking about your grandkids and the future generation, what are some of the challenges that uh, you've been seeing in the, maybe the last Cost of living. Cost of living. Cost of living. And, yeah, and I separate I that out from cost of housing. Because huh. housing, I see that as a totally separate monthly bill. Mm -hmm. For example, when you get a mortgage, or even if you get a monthly uh, or a rent that you pay, mm -hmm. it's, it's usually fixed. Uh, at least mortgage, it can be a 10-year, 15, 20, 30-year mortgage. Uh -huh. So you know how much you're going to be paying for the next 30 years. That's a long time, but you know what the goal is to pay it off. Um, if you pay rent, you know, if you sign a contract, it's a one year, two years. So, you know, this is going to be my rent. But you don't know how much your groceries are going to cost next week. Right. You don't know how much gas is going to cost. Mm. You don't know how much electricity is going to cost. You don't know how much. All, those are all cost of living. Mm. That's cost of living. The main ones is, you know, your utilities, your groceries, your gas. And that's not even including your uh, disposable income that you used to have going to the movies, going on a trip. Right, um, right. So when we talk about unknowns, it's the cost of living. Cost of living. That's huh? what makes it hard for people. Huh. 
just everyday people just trying yeah. to make it just trying to make it just trying to make it yeah especially after uh, the last what two two and a half years yes. too and pandemic taught us a lot uh-huh we learned a lot of lessons and uh we got a little bit of a reality check and some people i think reframed their priorities mm. what was important actually mm. i think it mm. came crystal clear to people mm. what was important to them mm. i think that's what happened to to many of us it's like a great reset kind of thing it, it it ended up being that it ended up being that i mean we saw the benefits uh to the natural environment uh-huh oh that's right we saw mother yeah. nature being able to you know replenish you know some of the resources we we saw you know when when cars weren't on the roads and and planes weren't in the skies there were there was less they could actually see it right less smog that's true less uh, pollution mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, greenhouse gases things that you know people are concerned about mm-hmm. and so and then we saw animals start to come back certain life come back whether it was in the ocean or you know because mm-hmm they were able to flourish and they were able to thrive. So, and then just people's lives changed. People's lives changed. People decided maybe they would do more home business instead Mm. of working. Maybe they could get by with one car instead of two. Mm. Maybe they needed to do, focus more on their family and maybe not traveling. We couldn't travel. Mm -hmm. So -hmm. people said, well, you know, since we didn't travel this year, we saved a lot of money that we would have spent traveling. And we got closer as a family. Mm. You know, we got a homeschooling. Um, somebody gets sick on the bus, they send everybody home. Somebody had to be home to watch the children. Um, just work. People changed their mindset and didn't, you know, learn to Zoom work, mm, work right. from home, yeah. and not feel that need to drive out and go to a brick and mortar, you know, work from home. Now, the sort of the impacts to us on Maui mm-hmm. are people who moved here because they could, uh, they could attend work virtually. Oh, yes. You know, so that yes. had an impact on us because people figured out if I got to be homebound, uh, how about Maui, uh, you know, or Hawaii? And so <clears throat> those of us who were here stayed and those who weren't from here, you know, decided, yeah, I can work from Maui. Yeah. And that was uh, probably something we weren't prepared for. Wow. And would you say that was where, like, you saw maybe, like, a big surge or? Well, you know, I have not studied that directly. So I'm just doing sort of anecdotally, Uh uh, Uh you know, knowing that's the the buzz, that's the talk. Uh Uh, But I don't know the actual numbers. I just run into people. You you see people. I I have friends, high school friends, who came home, but they were working from here. Mm. But they still lived where they lived, like, say, on the East Coast. Right. But they're saying, no, I could work from home, so. I just came home and be with my family. You know, that's the time you want to be with your family anyway. Right. The, cert- the future was so uncertain, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we just didn't have a handle on it like, like we sort of do now. Mm-hmm. And so I think people thought, man, if this is the way it is, I want to be home. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously we figured it out and, you know, working through it. But I think it did cause people to want to be closer to home. And again, if you're going to be locked down, you can't find a better place to be locked down than yeah Maui Hawaii <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, in, in the whole world yeah this is it that's true so wow a lot of impacts yeah a lot of lessons learned I think everybody learned lessons businesses government um yeah people started thinking you know maybe maybe we both don't need to work if they're a couple mm. and a family says you know what we made it through that time but if you keep going 
see how we do. Hmm. Um, you know, because jobs, too, they couldn't promise people work. Right, right. If you look at it now, it's completely reversed. Hmm. It's an employee's market right now. Hmm. Employees are getting signing bonuses, retention bonuses, pay raises. Hmm. You know, there are restaurants right now, uh, Justin, that are that have changed their schedules, mm-hmm. not because they don't have supplies, it's because they don't have employees. Mm. So maybe they can only do dinner or maybe lunch in there, they can't do breakfast because mm. they don't have enough employees. Mm-hmm. They don't have enough cooks. Mm. They don't have enough servers. They don't have enough you know, people working. And so it's very much a market now where the employees are kind of calling the shots because people just didn't go back to work. Maybe there was a little bit of, <clears throat> You know, uncertainty. Well, when I needed you, you you let me go because mm. you didn't have work, and now you want me to come back. Yeah. And I've kind of adjusted my situation, so yeah, maybe I'll come back, or maybe I'll come back for a lot more pay now. Mm. Whatever it is, yeah. um, the market has a way of adjusting. You know, supply demand. Um, but I'm seeing the adjustments. Restaurants that have closed or restaurants that have reopened only uh, partial. Mm. I think that was all due to the. Well, it is all due to the pandemic how people are recovering from that and then now you know we're looking at a possible recession right coming up so i mean there's a lot there's a lot that's out of our control mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but there's still a lot that's in within our control so mm. you just got to figure out what's what yeah you know and wow that's a you know good point about uh it flipped to being on the employee market yeah and um staying on that topic i got a question from our friends at um pukulani superette Love um, they, they asked, uh, we see large corporations coming on a regular basis. How do we plan to support small local businesses? Pukulani Superat. Yeah, Puksup. <laughs> Puksup, they, yeah. Um, well, they have proven the business model, right? They've been in yeah. existence for over 50 years. I mean, yeah. they've, they've uh, done it right. They've got, um, you know, any, any business that's going to do well, has to have a viable product. That's the number one thing. Just like your business here. You gotta have a product. And then you gotta figure out the efficiencies, right? The business model. How is it how do we deliver that service? How do we, you know, cut our overhead? How do we do that? So um, to answer their specific question though, the market always decides what businesses can survive and cannot survive. Mm. Um, you know, I know they haven't mentioned any particular business in, in, in mind, but one of the good things about businesses that come to Maui mm-hmm. is that they employ Maui people. That's true. Yeah. And, you know, I know competition, you know, can be good. It can drive you to be more efficient. If you know the other side is doing this, then maybe we got to make our business a little better, mm-hmm. right? So we can get a share of the market. So we keep our customer base. You know, those are decisions that I know businesses have to make every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes, like I said, the, the good part of competition is that, you know, sort of, uh, what's the old terms? Uh, steel sharpens steel or oh, metal yeah. sharpens metal. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, you know, you got that where you got to know, mm-hmm. hey, you got to maybe change your work hours, you got to change your work habits, you got to do stuff. So <clears throat> from the pure business side of it, I don't think it's bad when there's competition. Um, you know, I can remember when there was, well, it feels like there's only one airline now, but you know, when you have one airline, they kind of call the shots. Mm. How much they're going to charge, what, what schedule they're going to have. But when there's another airline comes right. in, wow, the prices go down, mm. you know, they offer more flights. 
and that's what we want to see, right? That that's the kind of com- it's healthy competition, mm-hmm. um, and the beneficiary is the customer. Mm-hmm. Most businesses they're for profit. Mm-hmm. Their job is to either make money for themselves if they're perhaps a mom and pop, or for their shareholders if they're a large corporation, right? Mm-hmm. So you look at the WalMarts and mm. the, the hotels, and you know if you look at big businesses, mm-hmm. um, you know they answer the shareholders and investors. So, like I said, I, I don't personally think it's uh, it's a negative thing mm-hmm. to have either competition or other um, businesses, whether they're small or large. But I will always think that the backbone of our system are sm- is small business. Mm. Small business is the backbone. And as uh, as a mayor, I would encourage um, a business friendly atmosphere. Uh, mm. I would want to look at. Um, having directors who understand entrepreneurs, they understand small business. Uh, I would want us to have a, a hotline for small businesses if they have issues that mm. they can call and get an answer from us within you know, 24, 48 hours. I would want us to help small businesses set up their, maybe their, their GE tax licensing, their EIN numbers if they need them. So things we can do to help small business thrive because that's mm. really the key to most communities mm-hmm. is you got to have small businesses and you got to make it for them to be able now just by definition they they have a smaller market mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. you know appeal to a smaller group they're not going to be a big box that's the difference between them and, a, and a, let's say a big box store right um but if you look at big box stores if we're talking about the difference between uh you know ace is uh you know marmac ace hardware those you know that's part of a larger chain across the country mm-hmm. but here they're a small small franchise a small store mm-hmm. so you compare them to Lowe's or Home Depot mm-hmm. those are major players and, and, and the advantage is sometimes your products are cheaper because they can buy on a higher volume mm. right across the country right um, but the big thing is they employ our local people mm-hmm. so bigger companies hire more people mm-hmm. so more people have jobs mm-hmm. I, I can't really comment on what they get paid what their salaries are or their benefits are mm-hmm. um, so, like I said, in addition to having competition, we have businesses you know, and, and they employ local people, get them benefits. So they're able to survive and live here, mm. um, send their kids to school, mm-hmm. you know, the cost of living thing I talked about earlier. Right. Um, so for the most part, I think business competition is healthy mm-hmm. for most uh, most communities, unless they're forcing the small businesses to shut down. Mm. Then in a way, that's not necessarily a good thing, right. of course. Uh, so we, what we want mm-hmm. is, like I said, healthy competition um, and, and have our small businesses have their share of the market and thrive. Mm. I like that. Okay. Um, you know, staying on that, I think you're one of the few candidates that talk about uh, financial literacy. Yes. What, what do you have in mind when that sure. comes up? And I'll admit, I stole this idea from uh, you know others before me. Like mm-hmm. um, when when I worked on the state, I worked on the governor's cabinet in 2003. I got to work with the, or the deputy director of the attorney general's office, mm-hmm. and then um, later I became the director of the Department of Public Safety, which is all the prisons uh, around the state of Hawaii. But anyway, um, when I got to work alongside the Department of Hawaiian Homelands, they were doing a financial literacy program for oh. their. Um, beneficiaries. So if you're a native Hawaiian and you received a, um, an award, which was a house or a house lot, mm. um, the idea was to 
not only get you home ownership and get you a, a loan, but to give you uh, financial tips on how you can qualify for the loan, how you can maintain your monthly payments and all those things. Mm. So when we talk about Kama'aina housing, which is where this topic uh, plays into uh, for us, we don't use the term affordable housing. Mm. And this isn't to sound cute or, or anything like that, but it's really not affordable. Mm. You know, if the average cost of a house on Maui is $1.2 million now, that's mm -hmm. the average cost. That means there's prices higher and of right. course some lower. Mm -hmm. So to call something affordable, most people have the thought in their mind, oh, if it's affordable, that means I can afford it. Right. If you can't afford it, then you have to call it something else because yeah. it's not really being honest. Mm -hmm. Now we use other homes, the uh, other terms these days, there's, uh, you'll hear some people say attainable housing. Mm -hmm. They'll say workforce housing. Mm. Um, those are some of the words they'll use. We use the phrase kama'aina housing because mm -hmm. we want to focus on who's going to be in that house, not how much the house costs. Huh. When you talk about affordable housing, what you're talking about is that you're focusing on the cost of the house. Cost of and the reason for that is it's a formula. Uh -huh. You know, the average median income of the, of the people earning in that neighborhood uh -huh. is a percentage. And if you fall within a certain percentage, 60%, 80%, 100%, <clears throat> you qualify to buy these or to qualify to a lottery or to be able to purchase these homes. Well, the focus again is on how much the house costs. Right. But anybody can buy it. What we want to focus on is putting kama'aina in those homes, oh. not just the price. But, and so we want the focus to be on who's going to end up in that house. Uh -huh. We have plenty of homes in Maui. They're just not all lived in by Maui people, huh. right? I mean, right. people own homes that aren't, either don't live here or not from here. I mean, so we want to, and then a lot of the local folks are having to move away. Everybody right. knows somebody that move everybody yeah oh. and you know when you see it when you go to your family reunion your class reunion and you go hey where's john yeah and like, oh he moved really yeah. oh when so and it's not a situation where like everybody moves from your street on one day right it's gradual mm -hmm. and then you start noticing right and that's what i'm trying to prevent from my grandkids your grandkids our grandkids grandkids wow. from having to happen if it's by choice that's a whole nother story but in many cases, it's not by choice. It's by necessity. Right. So in our Kamaino Homes project, mm. what we want to do, the two issues that come up a lot on Maui, is uh -huh. it okay to talk about this? Oh, for sure. The two issues that come up a lot on Maui uh, when it comes to housing is where to build it and who to sell it to. Those are the two issues that come up a lot, at least over my life yeah. uh, that, that I've witnessed. And so those issues can drive the prices up. So for example, if you decide to build a house in an area where you'll find you know, burials, or maybe it's mm -hmm. a sacred place, heiau, mm -hmm. you know, they call it a vahipana or a ivikupuna area. Um, you're gonna get a lot of resistance. Mm -hmm. People are gonna say, don't build it there, build it somewhere else. Right. Well, all of that protesting and all of that, um, those hearings drive up the cost of the mm. house because it just delays, delays, delays. So my thought is we should figure out in advance where we can build and not build. Like right now, not, not when somebody brings their project Right. But like, you know, Maui, uh, the land here is a static number, uh -huh. Uh -huh. like this table. Yeah. We could right now plot out, you can build here, 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 not here, not there. We could right. do that now. Right. We don't have to wait until you say, oh, um, can I build here? I go, wait, let me go, let me go check. Right. I mean, mm. we, that's, that's how we do it. That's our model. Right. We wait until something comes up and then we say, okay, well, let's go investigate. Oh. In my mind, we should be doing that now. Hmm. We can research now, was there a battle here? Was, yeah. there, was, there, was there burials here? 
If we know that, we just say, hey, let's just tape that off. Yellow tape. Nobody can go over here. Not over here. Over here, no problem. And build all you want over here. Maybe we can do that. And then what do we do? We funnel people there. Right? We say, hey, build over here. Nobody's going to object. Right. Save and there the might fees. be. Yeah, yeah. Well, what you're doing is you're saving the cost to the home buyer. Because when those projects get delayed, mm -hmm. if you're a developer and you bought land and you got a mortgage to pay and the longer it takes you to pay, the more interest, the more you're paying, mm. all that's going to end up in the cost of the house. Mm. So if it takes two or three years, yeah. it's the homeowner that ends up paying for that. The developer's not going to eat that cost. Right. He's just yeah. going to say, well, now the house costs 700 instead of 600 because I had to take two years to get through this process. So my thought is we should try to, I'm not trying to help a developer or hurt somebody or not. I'm just trying to help the home buyer uh -huh. get the lowest cost house they can get. Yeah, and that makes sense because like what you said. It's a static number. Yeah. It's not like Wailuku is Wailuku. Yeah. Wailuku exactly. is not going to change the week. I mean, yeah. this lot grow. is this lot. Yeah. You know what this lot yeah. is. You can yeah. go right now and say, never build here. Yeah. It's okay to build here. And, you know, there are going to be some uh -huh. places, Justin, that we probably can't agree on. Uh -huh. And that's okay too. Yeah. Why don't we just put those till later and grab the low hanging fruit? Yeah. I mean, that's my thought. So that's the issue that I think can drive prices up and it can drive communities crazy because mm -hmm. people start to have conflict. People start to, you know, get upset. Mm -hmm. and, and for good reason. Right. For good reason. Can't we avoid that? Can we avoid that? Maybe. Right. We should try. Uh, we don't uh, have to fight everything. Yeah. We can head it off before it happens. And what is happening is when we pick wrong locations mm. for either environmental, environmental reasons, mm -hmm. maybe too close to the shoreline, for cultural reasons, mm -hmm. building in a spot that is considered sacred. Mm. Right? I mean, there's things we should just factor in. Right. But we know now where our sacred places are. Right. We know that now. It's going to be the same next week and next yeah. month. That's true. So to me, that would be something that I think we should make a major push towards. I also, and these, is, these are the long-term things I talked about. This is not going to happen overnight. Right, right. That's why I say we got to think long-term, not just mm. from election to election to election. Yeah. Right? And then who to sell it to? Okay, so what I think is we should inventory lands. I also think the county should put the, what they call the infrastructure into uh -huh. these projects. Uh -huh. The basic infrastructure, are roads, sewer, and water. Mm -hmm. Right now, we, we put that all on developer okay. and say, you put it in. Oh. Yeah, okay. He's just going to charge us for it at the end. Oh. You know, like an upsell, you go right. and buy yourself a truck, and the guy right. says, you need the moon roof, you need the 20-inch <laughs> tires, you need the shiny rims. Mm -hmm. And you go, sure, put them in. And then your 40,000 truck costs you 50,000 mm. now. And you go, oh, my gosh. Well, the guy says, Didn't, you wanted all that, right? You're like, yeah. So we tell the developer to put that stuff in, and we say, you know what, build a park, build a school, build a shopping mall. Ching ching, oh. ching 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 next thing you look how much does that house cost now huh. all the costs that we asked them to put in so what we got to do as a county if we want to drive those prices down for people your age younger older to buy a house we gotta the county can come in and say we'll put that in the infrastructure the infrastructure and it'll be oh. like about 30 percent of the cost of the house it's a big ticket item so now we can drive that oh. price down but here's the other thing that happens uh -huh. If you're the builder and I'm the county, now we partners. Huh. We just made a public-private partnership because we're in this together. Dang. So now I'm like, okay, well, 
you know, let's 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 look out for each other's best interests because you're trying to make money. Right. That's your job. Right. You're trying to pay your carpenters and your plumbers and your electricians because mm-hmm. those are our trades. Those mm-hmm. are our neighbors. Mm-hmm. They need jobs. They right. need to get paid. And we need homes. Perfect. So we say, okay, we'll work together on this. Huh. Right? And get that project through. What costs money on homes are delays. Delays. Oh. You get a delay in supply chain, mm. right? You're going to get the cost of materials, cost of labor, things can, mm. can, can cause that price to get higher. And it, it's always going to end up with the home buyer. Mm. So if you're somebody that you thought you could afford a house mm-hmm. and then you find out you can't afford it, I guarantee you somebody can afford it. They just might not be from here. Mm. Somebody's going to buy that house. Right. You know that. There's no right. empty houses in Maui. Right. Somebody owns the house. Yeah. But who owns the house? Mm. Is it Kamaina or not? So for me, I think what we got to do is keep those prices down. Mm. And then the third part of our five-part plan, the financial literacy is the fourth one, but the Mm -hmm. third part of this plan is what we're referring to as, um, and this is the Kamaina part, Uh is you have to qualify for a homeowner's exemption. So anybody who owns a home on Maui, Uh if you're the homeowner, Uh as long as you live in it and it's your primary residence, so you can own more than one home, uh-huh. but if that main home you live in, that's your primary, you can claim a homeowner's exemption. Oh. So you get a $200,000 reduction in your taxes on the value. So let's say your house cost uh, is valued at $700,000. Right. Normally you would pay taxes on a $700,000 house. Right. It's so much for 800000 that mm-hmm. you pay. So you pay an annual tax. Uh-huh. If you're the homeowner and you live in it, you're value would be 500000 We It would be reduced. The county does it now. Huh. In fact, the whole state does it. Uh-huh. But you got to be that person who lives in the house. Right. So it reduces your tax base. So what you pay, your annual real property tax, gets reduced. So it's a good thing. Hmm. It's an incentive we give to the public and to people to buy homes. We want them to buy their house because right. you get a tax break. Um, huh. But you got to be Kama'aina to get that. You got to be a resident. You got to be living in the house full time. Now, if you have a second or third home, you can't claim an exemption on those homes. Right. You can own them, you can rent them out, you can give them to your kids, but you just can't get a tax break on it. Mm. That's fine. And that's fair. Mm-hmm. You can't get one for every house you own. Right. So for people who are like investors or speculators that come from the mainland, mm-hmm. if they buy their house and they only stay in their house a month out of the year, they don't get that exemption. Mm. So what I'm trying to focus on is this subdivision that we're calling Kama'aina Housing. Uh-huh. Only people who qualify for homeowner's exemption can buy a house here. That's oh. our model. That's our business model. Oh. The fourth part is what we talked about already, which is financial literacy. Uh-huh. So financial literacy, in short, is basically saying, we're going to help you increase your credit score. If you've got oh. a high credit score, you get a better uh, rate when you borrow money. Right. <clears throat> but it also means... <clears throat> you're a responsible person with your fund, your finances. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, so what we want to do is help you qualify for your loan, help you save for your down payment, and help you get a good credit score. Those are things we want to tell you. So it's going to be simple things. Mm-hmm. Don't go buy that new Tundra. <laughs> Don't go to Vegas right mm-hmm. now. Don't go, you know, spending a bunch of money. Save your money. Save it up. Get yourself, you know, pay your bills every month, even if it's just a little bit a month get your credit score up and then you'll be able to get a better down payment uh, uh, loan interest rate on your loan. Mm. The second part of the financial literacy is we want to help you keep your home and to stay in your home. Mm. So that's when we tell you, okay, you got a budget. 
every month your mortgage is going to cost this much. It's going to be the same amount every month for 30 years. So we want to help you figure out how you budget for that. Mm. Okay, so if you spend that much, and it shouldn't be more than 30% of your income, that's the formula, but in Hawaii it's kind of upside down. Most people have to spend more than 30% of their income to, for their rent or their mortgage. Mm -hmm. But you get that in there, we help you figure out what your monthly cost of living bills are, you know, how much is it for your gas, if you got a child in school, how much is your child care, whatever it is. We try to get you with your expenses yeah. and see what you got at the end of the day. Maybe... Maybe you got to get a second job. Maybe you got to cut back on your expenses, whatever it is. But that's what financial literacy is, is to help people manage their monies so that they can survive here. Because it's, it's not simple. Most people don't make plenty of money and they can just have a lot of extra income. Most people, every dollar has to go to something. Mm -hmm. Now, you got to have dollars for savings too. You got to put money away, but we got to teach people how to do that. And the last part of our plan, our five-point plan for combined housing is trying to work with a loan company Mm. who can give a bulk rate, if you will, for the loan. So everybody who borrows money on a mortgage has to pay a certain interest rate right. uh, for the down payment. Usually it's a 10% or a 20% interest is how much uh, you got to come up with. Well, on a million dollars, that's $200,000 you got to come up with. Mm. Who has $200,000? a lot of money just for your down payment. So what we want to do is see, can we get that interest rate down from 10% to maybe 7%, 5%, 3%, bring it down smaller and smaller. And the way we try to do that is economy of scale, mm -hmm. which means if we have 200 customers coming in one time for that product, maybe you can give us a price break instead of just one or two people walking in, yeah. right? So like if you had, a, um, if you had uh, just one customer come in and say, oh, I'd like to take out a, home, a loan for my house. Right. They might say, okay, 10% down because they're right. only selling one, one product. Uh -huh. But if we come in with 200 people and the guy goes, you know what? You're bringing me so many customers, I can, I can work with you. Yeah. So what we want to do is get ahead of that. And when we have our Kamaina housing block, maybe wow. it's 200 homes, 300, whatever it is, we want to be able to already have that loan company come to the table and say, hey, can you work with us? Now, if you think of a condominium, condominium can have 200, 300 units in it. Uh -huh. That's what they do yeah. for condominium units. Usually it's one, there's a lender that will make an offer to all the units. Mm -hmm. And that makes sense. Mm. You gotta do that for homes, a subdivision. Mm. So anyway, that's the financial literacy piece. And that's what we're calling long-term housing, Kamaaina housing. We also have a plan for medium and short-term too, uh -huh. because you gotta live someplace while your house is being built. Right. So our, our quickest way to get a house Oh. It's called ADUs, and that's just a fancy ADU? word. Yeah, it stands for accessory dwelling unit, uh -huh. but we'll just call it a cottage. Oh, okay. Or you can call it, it's called ADUs around the country. Oh, okay. okay. Um, because every place has it. We call it Ohana, Ohana, Ohana. Yeah. yeah. Cottage. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they use that term so it'll be the same, you know, we're talking the same term across, you know, across the industry. Uh -huh. uh, but those now is very favorable. Uh, depending on the size of your lot, you can have at least one unit already approved. For your, for your lot. And depending if it's larger, I think that's 7,500 square feet, you can have two on them. But all this is, is a detached, it doesn't have to be attached, cottage. That when a family is growing and you, the, the parents have adult children like I have, mm -hmm. you can have a space for them to start their own family, have their privacy. Um, if the older parents want to downsize, they can move to the smaller unit and leave the larger house for the younger people. 
Um, if you're an older couple and you don't have children, you might need health care, mm-hmm. somebody to watch out for you, so you maybe can let them live in your cottage, you know, and you can, um, they can exchange for you letting them live there. They can be your caregiver. Mm-hmm. If you're a young family with young children and you need babysitters, and you don't have to give them free, you can barter and say, okay, I'll cut your rent in half if you help me babysit my children while I go to work. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's lots of uses. Or if you're an older couple and you just need a second income, Passive income. You just rent your place out. Because we need rentals. We have a shortage of rentals. Shortage of rentals. So we need yeah. rentals. Yeah. So whether we use that for our own families or for renting them out. Mm-hmm. Now, the reason this is very attractive, Justin, is because what you need before you start any home being built, and this is always the big issue, is water yeah. and sewer. Mm. Right? Every home already has water and sewer. Mm. So you're just adding on to that lot. Mm. Now, the reason it's not always that of a big of a deal is a lot of times the family's already living in the house. They're just all in the same house. Right. So if yeah. you just branch them off and say, well, so you're not, using, you're not using any more water or adding any more sewer than you are, except you're just moving it from the main house to the secondary home. You know mm. what I'm saying? So, um, <clears throat> but it's the quickest way to build affordable housing here and, and anywhere that is situated like we are, which is a small land, you know, we have not, not a huge area of land um, and a very small inventory. So if we wanted to add homes next month, so in our administration, business, business administration, we, in the first 180 days, so the first six months of our term, uh-huh. <clears throat> our goal is to approve 180 U's, 100, approved. Uh-huh. Now here's how we're gonna do that. Uh-huh. <clears throat> we're gonna already have pre-approved plans uh-huh. for these cottages. A studio, a one-bedroom, and a two-bedroom. Okay. So we're going to already run those through our permitting offices. Uh-huh. You know, the public works, planning, um, you know, water. Whoever needs to stamp, file it. We're going to say, okay, do you have any issue with this um, floor plan, this studio, this one-bedroom, this two-bedroom? And if they have it, say, okay, tell us what it is. Fix it, fix it, okay. Get it to where it's going to be approved, uh-huh. and we pre-approve them. If you come to me... Uh-huh. If I'm the mayor, and this is January, and you say, I want an ADU, if you pick one of those three, it's approved. You don't have to go through the permitting process. <laughs> That's how we're going to do it. Because could you, could we you repeat that work. one more time for yes. people listening? Yeah. yeah. So if you, that was a question. Right. So if you build, if you choose uh-huh. one of the pre-approved floor plans uh-huh. for a cottage or an ADU, uh-huh. that'll be approved because we've already, as long as you're hooking up to county water, county sewer. If you live someplace where it's a septic or a cesspool, I will tell you that poses a little bit different problem because uh-huh. you might have to dig another cesspool or, or increase the size of the one you already have. That, that could happen, uh-huh. uh, I'm told. But if you hook up to the county system, uh-huh. water and sewer, that will be pre-approved. Now, you can pick your own and you can make a custom one. That one, you got to go through the normal permit process. Uh-huh. So you got to wait in line and it's got to go through the approvals. But if you choose the ones that we will pre-approve, and you know what, I ho- what we hope to do is expand those three, you know, make, offer even more models for people. Because the idea is this, I told you already, the cost is what, what's going to drive the price up is the delays. Mm. And you know, some of these homes, they are, wow. you might be able to go to a certain contractor developer who can already have a kit made up for you. You can, everybody in Hawaii knows a plumber, knows an electrician, knows a carpenter. So you can go owner builder, you can build your own. Mm. You know, we, we'd want you to use people in, in the business so that they can, you know, 
put it up correctly and you know meets all the standards. Mm -hmm. But you can obviously build your own <clears throat> as long as you make the approval. Now you still got to go through inspections. The plumbing mm -hmm. inspector, electrical inspector, still got to come inspect the job. But the plans and the permitting part, they approve. Hmm. That's our goal. Wow. Hundred in the first hundred eighty days, approved. Not built, approved, and then you know get them built. And you know that keeps everybody. Uh, it keeps it keeps those units being built. Now the middle term, I talked about the short term, yep. the long term. The middle term is repurposing uh, vacant commercial space. Okay. Um, I'll give you an example: the old Kahului Shopping Center, uh -huh. the uh -huh. old Sports Authority, the old Safeway. Now the old Safeway. Right. Uh, the Department of Motor Vehicles building in the Maui Mall, uh -huh. uh, the old Lowe's, right? Lots of space that is sitting there vacant. Sears, right. what are we going to do with these places? Do we think stores are going to come back? Probably not. Mm. Do we think Sears is coming back? I don't think so. And the reason is people in your generation, people that are listening to this podcast, they got boxes waiting for them right now outside from Amazon, mm. waiting outside their house right now because that's how people shop now. People don't go to the store as much. Mm -hmm. Now you might have to go, you know, for uh, you know, you go to the dentist, you go to the eye doctor, you know, you go get groceries, and even groceries now you can have delivered at your home. Right. But a lot of people for shopping, they're they're doing Amazon, they're doing you know, there's free shipping, there's mm -hmm. stuff like that. So I think for us on Maui, we don't need more stores. Mm -hmm. We need more housing. Mm -hmm. So those places, I think, are ripe for us going vertical. Hmm. Whether it's four story, five story, I think six story is the max we can go. Now again, why is that important? All of those places I just mentioned to you already have two things, sewer oh. and water. Right, right. But they also have lots of parking. Yeah. So, yeah. But the, what, hmm. you know, if you think of the old Kahului Shopping Center, for example, it's, it's kind of an eyesore for a lot of people. Right. Driving by there. there. Especially if you remembered it when you were a kid and yeah. you used to go when that was yeah. our mall, yeah. old Kahului yeah. Shopping Center. Um, think of that, if that were a building, uh, say, let's just say pick a four-story building. On the first floor, stores. Oh. Maybe like a food lab. Okay. Uh -huh. Maybe a Starbucks. Maybe a nail salon, a barber, a dentist, an optometrist, whatever. Uh -huh. Businesses that people still physically go to, uh -huh. that would be the first floor. Huh. Above them, units. Can be for millennials. Here's what I think mm. uh, about millennials these days. Mm -hmm. They don't really want a half acre lot. Mm. They don't really want to mow their lawn right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They want to travel. They want to they want a neighborhood that's vibrant. That's what mm. they want. Think of Kaka'ako on Oahu, for example. They yeah. want an area where there's, you know, some maybe some nightlife. They might want a bowling alley. Mm. They might want, you know, someplace they can go eat nice restaurants, right? But they don't need a large unit right now. Maybe they're single, they have a young couple. They can start a home. Mm. They can get started. A one-bedroom, a two-bedroom. Um, and maybe when you leave, live in that central corridor of Kahului, you don't need two cars. You can use the public transportation. Now think about the businesses on the bottom. Where are they gonna get their customers from? Aww. The people who live above. Where are they gonna get their employees from? The people who live above. So it's a mutual, symbiotic relationship. Dang. And it reminds you of old school when you think about it. Yeah. Growing up, it wasn't unusual for the store owner to live above their store. That's 
That's right. The restaurant owner yeah. lives above their restaurant. Right? We don't do that anymore. But now you're going to have four stories of people living above. And think about not just millennials, seniors. Oh. Maybe seniors don't want to maintain a large home anymore. Right. Maybe they want something simple, easy, easy to maintain. Someplace close to the MEO bus line. Someplace where you can go to the doctors. Go do your grocery shopping. What is easier than getting in an elevator, pressing the lobby, opening the door, go do your shopping, get back on the elevator, go back to your unit? What is easier than that? Yeah. I mean, the only easier is Grubhub or yeah. somebody <laughs> will deliver your stuff for you. So what, what I feel like is this could revitalize vacant, unoccupied commercial space yeah. all over Maui. Because we have these in Lahaina and in Kihei strip malls, places that, you know, are abandoned or shut down. I also think that'll have an have a impact on our homeless population. Mm. Homeless people like to go where nobody, where nobody else is. Uh -huh. But in these areas, they would be 24-7, they'd be populated, right? right. Um, and, and the whole homeless issue, I, mean, I think we have to take a, an approach on that as well. But So for our housing plan, and this is a very long answer to Kamaina housing, we have the long-term the homes we talked about, right. we have the short term, the cottages, the ADUs, and yeah. then the middle term is repurposing commercial space. Dang. Just some ideas, things we're excited about. <laughs> but again, really the one thing that is in common for a lot of these projects is they're generational. Mm. They're for the future. And there's an old saying, you plant a tree today for whose shade you'll never experience. But you do it for the next guy. Wow. Right? And you don't always have to, you don't always have to be the beneficiary of your work wow. right i mean it's kind of selfish actually wow. <clears throat> you can do stuff that benefits somebody else somebody you never even met somebody right. you don't even know right, right? And, the, and we kind of gotten away from that we kind of at a stage where everything is either me 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 or that guy's a bad guy you know we're so divisive right now especially in politics i don't know how it got that way i don't know why it's that way i don't like it most people don't like it um we got to come to the middle there's so many people on the extremes and I just don't think it's productive. I don't think it's healthy. I don't think other people like it. Um, I mean, I don't work that way. So, you know, I'd love it to see where we all working together on some common, you know, some solutions. We don't have to agree on everything. Yeah. Here's what we should do. We should come together on the things we agree on. Uh -huh. We should try to reach compromise on the things we disagree on try to reach compromise mm. and the rest we should just leave it for another day because I bet you we I bet you we agree on more things than we disagree on mm. everybody agrees we need places to live yeah. we need to reduce our prices everybody agrees we need a healthy environment mm -hmm. I mean and people who are strong environmentalists they need homes right. people who build homes they, they like clean beaches yeah. people who live in homes they like you know they like clean air, clean water. I mean, we all agree on the same things. But people try to put you in a camp. No, they try to, they try to force you into a box because it's easier for them to either understand you or to uh, profile you. They don't like when you have an answer to their question necessarily and you challenge their belief um, that people can be both. Yeah. You know, we don't have to I, disagree. That's why... When I was like looking into it, I was like, "Wow, well, nonpartisan and yeah. and um, even just your uh, some of the interviews, you were saying like, oh, 'Oh, I'm not really against anybody. I'm just for yeah, this for thing. sure.'" And I was like, yeah. "Man, well, I gotta get this guy on." I mean, I know <laughs> <He's> for Maui. <laughs> for 
for example, the current mayor. Yeah. We know each other. Uh. I mean, we're not like buddies or hang out or anything. Uh, I went to school, the same high school. I graduated from St. Anthony right up the road from here. Um, so did, you know, Mrs. Victorino. Um, and so we knew each other, uh, known each other over the years from the community. We have mutual friends. Um, so it's not about that, uh. right? I mean, I knew a couple of the other folks that were also running that are now it's just myself and the incumbent left. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I never made it personal. Or I never made it about who the other person was. And I didn't feel like they were making it personal against me either. I mean, some people say stuff online because they can be anonymous and they can say whatever they want. You know, it's a free world. Uh, say what you want. But I mean, whether it's true, I mean, people can have an opinion no matter how wrong it is. Right, you right, can still right. have it. And, and some people don't want to know. It's easier for their talking points to just, you know, say stuff. But, you know, I challenge them to get to me. You know, I'm the only candidate, and I'm proud of this, that went to every community. We held uh, physical, in-person meet and greets at every community center that, that was open, that allowed us to. Huh. Uh, and we did 11. Um, so we went to Hana. We went to, well, Lanai, we were at the Pineapple Fest. We went to Molokai. We went to um, Kihei Community Center, Lahaina Community Center, Kula. You name it, we went to all of them, um, and we, you know, encouraged people to come out and ask questions, and talk like we're talking, instead of people just say, ah, you know, this guy stands for this or he stands for that. I mean, all you gotta do is come to a, come to me, call me up, ask me to come to your podcast, ask me to come on your Zoom, or, oh. you know, talk to your group, ask me questions. Dang. I mean, that's what we've invited people to do. Instead of them saying, well, you know, he's a judge, he's not a politician, he doesn't know anything about this or that. I'm glad I'm not a politician. I mean, wow. I have good judgment, I have lots of experience in decision making. Um, I understand issues in our community more than people know. I've worked on many of them over my career. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, like I said, the, the whole idea to get out there, uh, because as a judge, you live a pretty private life. I mean, people see stuff in the paper and stuff, but unless they come up and talk to you or they know you, people just assume things. Um, I wasn't always a judge. Right, I, mean, right, I grew right. up working in the tarot patches of Kahlo with my, with my grandparents and my dad. I mean, we worked in a pig farm in Pihana right on the other side of this river, uh, not even a half mile from where we're sitting right now. Oh, wow. Just on the other side of that. I mean, that was my grandfather's business. I worked in the pineapple canner. I worked in construction, delivered furniture. I did all kinds of stuff. Um, but people just assume that whatever your last thing was, that's who you are. And they think, and they, think they know you just from that, wow. make assumptions. But yeah, I come from a really big family here in Maui. Yeah. Uh, my dad's from Paia. Uh -huh. He's one of 11 kids. My mom's from Pihana in Kahakuloa. She's one of nine. Oh. I have 55 oh. first cousins. <laughs> I mean, I, you oh. know, we, we, uh, we're from here. We're, we're, this is where we're from. So, I mean, it's just... Uh, wow. Yeah, there's a lot of things people think they know or they don't really know. I mean, I enjoy playing ukulele. I've been playing ukulele since I was fourth grade. Mm. I mean, I, you know, it took me four years to get my political science degree from Santa Clara University. It took mm. me three years to get my law degree. Mm -hmm. But just this past July, it took me five and a half years to get my Ho'oponopono certificate. So I'm a um, practitioner of, of the healing art of Ho'oponopono, which is to uh, bring people's... Uh, restore relationships in people's families and stuff. And uh, that's one of the proudest achievements I've, I've had just because I, it took a lot to 
to work on it and to get it, and I was really happy with it. I never thought I'd run for politics, thought I was going to use that to do other things, right. and, and here I find myself. But you know what? I thought about it. Wow. They could probably use a lot of Ho'oponopono in, <laughs> in county and in government. It's just a coincidence that it worked out that way. Um, like I said, I graduated with degrees, but I, um, 1999, I received an award, uh, Distinguished Citizenship Award from the Men's March Against Violence for the domestic violence work we did. At the prosecutor's office, 2001, I was selected Attorney of the Year for Maui County. That same year, I was inducted into my high school's Hall of Fame, St. Anthony, for community service. 2013, I was the first neighbor island graduate of the law school to receive the Distinguished Alumnus Award. Um, no other person had ever gotten it or gets in. The law school will be 50 years old next year. Uh, and I'm currently the jurist of the year. I'm the judge of the year for the state of Hawaii. Uh, I just found out last week, actually, I got another award from the Hawaii State Bar Association. It's, uh, it's called the Golden Gavel Award um, for a judge who's contributed to our legal community. And they just gave me that award last week. I didn't actually received it yet. But again, I'm most proud of this um, Ho'oponopono um, certificate I just got just because it means a lot to me. And that's what I thought I was going to do in my retirement, do that kind of work. Um, I was going to combine my Western training uh -huh. of law and, and, and mediation, arbitration, settlement with my training of the healing art of Ho'oponopono and try to combine them and try to work with the community. Uh, but then I think we're in a crisis right now and I think we need leadership in our county. And I think I can bring that leadership based on all of my experience. I mean, I was the president of my high school. I was the president of the, uh, the Hawaiian club in college and law school. I was the head prosecutor here on Maui for eight years under two different mayors. I was uh, number two at the AGs. I was the head of the Department of Public Safety. And I was the chief judge of the circuit when I, when I retired. So I've held a lot of leadership positions. And, uh, and even though I've never been a politician, which again, I'm, I'm okay with that, uh, I've had a lot of experience, and I've had to use a lot of my judgment to make good decisions. And, and most of the time, I think I've come down on the right side of those. So that's a long way of saying why <laughs> why I think I'm qualified to to do this work. Dang, you know, I'm excited about it. Yeah, I was just gonna say it's just a, such a unique perspective, and then also like um, like you're very passionate about what we were just discussing, the housing, yeah. the, 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 I mean, just everything. I'm like, wow. I wouldn't be running if, we, if that was God. all, you know, my cut. It's so not good. normal. Yeah. The, uh, you know, like from, you know, normal, uh, what do you call that? Normal, not, not normal, but like some politician. Yeah. They're just like, oh yeah, you know, I'm just gonna, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh. Because uh, they just want to get elected, that's why. Uh, <laughs> People say whatever they gotta say just to get elected. I mean, and your you know, this future short, does, my know. future doesn't depend on this job. Right. I mean, that's what people were saying. Yeah. People are like, he doesn't need uh, to. <laughs> my grandkids' future does depend on this job. Yeah, that makes sense. And that's why, you know, I think at some point, Justin, we'll be, uh, we'll be judged for our time here on Earth. At some point, yeah. by some higher beings. Yeah. We'll be judged for our time. And, you know, I, I want to be able to say I tried while I was here. That's, uh -huh. that's all it is. Um, you know, I don't want my grandkids to be moving away and, you know, 5, 10, 15 years from now, I'm driving them to the airport and they look at me like, you know, Papa, what did you do in 2022 when you had a chance? What did you do? And I'm going to say, nothing. I retired and I relaxed and I joined Yanagita Gym and <laughs> hung out. You know what I mean? They, uh, I want to be able to tell them, 
you know what? I tried to get in there, tried to get us housing, tried to, you know, uh, get us jobs, tried to, tried to use all of my past experiences and leadership to set policies for, you know, for the future. Uh-huh. So we can get, you know, we can keep our local people here. Again, my vision is to keep young people here on Maui. Mm. Uh, to have a safe and healthy neighborhood for our kupuna, for our keiki, right? To have a vibrant environment that we can give to the next generation. Wow. I mean, that's what I want. That's what, I, that's what we should all want. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think I'm saying anything new. I'm just more committed than most people are. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm just willing to do the work. And I'm willing, and that's what it's going to take, a lot of work. You know, you cannot really reach perfection, mm. but you can always strive for excellence. You mm. can always strive for excellence. And, and that comes with maximum effort. Wow. And that's the one thing you control. You control the amount of energy you put into your work. You can call it passion, energy, focus, concentration, whatever you want to call it. Um, but you control that. Mm. You don't control what the other guy does. You, you don't control how smart they are or how much money they have or all that. You don't. All you control is your own effort. And you don't even control how smart you are. I mean, you can learn and you know, get educated. Uh, I've got a lot of education, but I got a lot more real life work experience, you know, on the job. I see people at their worst by the time they come to my, by the time they come to me. Mm. You know, they've probably tried everything already by the time they come to me. Whether it's drug court, mental health court, domestic violence, criminal, whatever it is. Um, and I've seen people on their bad days and, you know, on some of their good days, but mostly. And so I know what the community needs. You know, I know what ails the community when it's hurting. I know what happens when their human failures occur. And I think we have a real chance right now. Mm. I think we're aligned right now. Where I think we have to. I think we're at a point where we have to um, do better. We don't have to accept our situation, Justin. We do not have to accept this. We can strive for better. And we should. We deserve wow. better. We deserve wow. it. We deserve the very best person. We, we don't have to just say, well, let's just keep it the way it is. And, you know, let's just, let's just muddle through mm. and do. Why, why? Why should we accept that? Why shouldn't we want the very best for ourselves? Mm-hmm. We should. And I'm not saying I'm the answer to all of it. I'm just saying I'm willing to put the work in and look for people. And I think I'm, I think my background of collaborating with people and working. I mean, I challenge everybody to go out and just look at my history and see what I've done or what I haven't done. My career is a pretty open book. Um, So you can go see my decisions, my cases, whatever, um, and decide if I'm consistent with what I've done throughout my career, um, which is to try to get back to this place, Um, a place that nurtured me, you know, most of us. And so... Yeah, I don't mind uh, coming out of retirement, doing this uh, work because I think um, I think I can make a difference, yeah. and I think I'm a I'm a kind of person that will attract other people to want to come to our organization. I think there'll be people who say, "I'll join the team." I mean, if you're in, I'm in. Mm-hmm. You know, not everybody wants to be the tip of the spear. Mm-hmm. I get it. Not everybody wants to put themselves out there. Sure, mm-hmm. I'll do that part. I'll do that part. But I just want to make sure when I turn around and look behind get people standing behind me, right? I mean, we all want that. And I think there will be, because there is now. The way our campaign is run, the number of volunteers we have, the unsolicited offers of people to just come and help, 
is the most amazing part of this journey for me so far. I'm meeting so many good people. I mean, from all walks of life. But just say, can I help? How can I help? Can I put a sign in my yard? Can I come help sign wave? Can I come to your events? Can I, can I go canvas? I mean, just people saying, I want to help you. If that's any indication, we're good. Because I tell every one of them, I'm going to need you guys. I can't do this by myself. I tell you, I come from a big family. My wife's family is even bigger than my family. My mother-in-law is the 17th of 18 children. My wife is the 11th, the youngest of 11. Wow. And I say this to people. When I met my wife and her, her family, I was like, big family. The, the last name is Elaneki. And they sit at a, I said, when I come to you guys' house, it's such a big table. And here's what I found out when you're in big family. There's, there's always room. Hey, how's it? There's always room for one more at a big table, at a big family. Always room for one more person to come. When you got small families, sometimes it's kind of hard because, you know, if you only have a four-seater right, table, right. you know, when you get the fifth person coming in, they go, hey, that's my seat. Yeah. I always sit over there. Yeah. Come, we get this new guy here. Yeah. Or if two people show up, you just increase by 50%, right? But when you get like 20 people sitting around a table, one more, you're not even going to notice. Yeah. But, wow. but that's the kind of family vibe there wow. is. And that's how I feel too. Like, hey, you bring somebody home from work or from, hey, come, come, eat, come eat with us. We can feel one more. I feel that way about Maui County government, mm. that we have a big table and there's room, but not for people to just come and eat or enjoy, but come and offer your solution. Mm. You probably have ideas about what you would do if mm. you were running certain things. Whatever you come into contact with, whether it's traffic, whether it's business, whether it's you know people's decision making, um, for things that affect you, you go like, man, I would, if it was me, I'd do this this other way. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Because you know why? Our solutions to our problems are going to come from our community. Mm -hmm. Not going to come from someplace else. We're not going to call up California and say, how do we solve this <laughs> thing on Maui? Right. How do they know? Right. We know. Our people know. So that's what we got to do. We got to tap into our own resources. But there's people, they don't want to contribute because they're like, these guys are not going to listen to me. Or mm -hmm. I tried and they just, they won't even hear it. Because mm -hmm. people are stuck. Because they only want to listen to people with the same uh, letter after the end of their name or mm. just their group. Mm. They don't want to hear nobody else. Wow. I don't belong to no group, so I listen to whoever. Oh my gosh. Wow. I, I, I was just taking a bunch of notes for myself, too. And, you know, this is incredible. Like, we could make this a two hour episode, oh, but sorry. winding down, yes. you know, I just, man, for people that haven't, you know, met or just come in contact with him before, it's just, I don't know how to describe how I'm feeling right now. It's just um, like it, it, it's a very unique perspective feeling. Um, and I just want to answer some of the uh, get to some of the yes, questions please, I got sorry. sent in. I know we, we got the Pukaline Superette. Um, oh, from uh, he's a hunter. Uh, are there any solutions to help ranchers, residents, farmers to control deer and pig population that is multiplying Shane? Thank Ab you. Absolutely. And we talk a lot about this. So uh -huh. when we talk about environment and we talk about invasive species. Uh -huh. The number one on that list right now is access deer. And what we know about access deer is there's at least 60, 65,000 head oh. that they count, wow. that they've estimated. A manageable amount is 20,000. So let me just put that in perspective. Mm. The thing about access deer is they ruin it for uh, farmers uh -huh. because they eat their crops. <clears throat> That, you know, just, and, and, and when they do it, they don't just eat one. Uh -huh. 
Uh-huh. They take a bite out of everyone right. for some reason. So they ruin the crop. If you're a rancher, they eat the grazing land mm. that you have for your cattle. They eat them all. They, there were about 171 car accidents that were, that were oh. uh, reported. There were probably more, but those are the ones reported. reported. So they come into contact. Mm-hmm. So we know the impact is devastating because they're multiplying so quickly mm. and they need food and water. Mm. The biggest thing we got to watch for, Justin, is that they don't threaten our watersheds. Because oh. if they get into our watersheds, that could be irreversible, right? Right. So it's, it's an invasive species in every, in every sense of the word. Mm-hmm. So our plan, and you know, we've tried this. There's a mobile slaughterhouse on Lanai, on Molokai. There was one here on Maui. I'm not sure if it's still here. So we need, um, the infrastructure we need is, is slaughterhouses. We need a mobile slaughterhouse. Mm-hmm. We also need the Department of Health inspectors to come to Maui. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got to justify that we can have a full-time person here. Mm-hmm. Because they got to witness the kill in order for these to be certified kills. Now, deer are different from, like, pigs and cows where you can take them to the slaughterhouse but the deer they're, they're because they're feral and they're so they're wild you know the, the meat would not be i'm told would not be good if you there would be so much stress on the animal if you oh. tried to you know uh, corral them and take them to a slaughterhouse so you got to kill them actually in the field uh-huh. um and then they've got to process them within a certain amount of time mm-hmm. so that's what i'm told the good thing though is this is an industry we could have hmm. right here on maui who wouldn't want to buy venison from maui Right. Of course people would. Now, local people, we're not going to buy, nobody going to buy deer meat from the store. Because everybody knows somebody who will give you deer meat. Right, right. So you don't have to buy it. But other people would buy it. Restaurants. Uh-huh. Um, and again, marketing this. So what we need is processors. We uh-huh. need butchers. We need Department of Health uh, inspectors. We need mobile slaughterhouses. We need somebody to do, you know, storage, marketing, distributing. Um, it's a whole industry in my mind. Wow. So uh, to me, we kill two birds with one stone by, right. by, by focusing on this area. We could get people in it. And there are people who love to hunt. We, don't have, we actually don't have enough hunters. Not enough we hunters. We need way more hunters <laughs> to, to, for the problem we have here. You guys heard um, that? Need more hunters. Need more hunters <laughs> um, to, oh. to go and help with this situation. And, and hunters will tell you this too. Yeah. Another thing huh. is the meat that's not being used. Uh-huh. Hunters now will tell you, any of your friends, they uh-huh. use their meat for dog food. They process them and make them. It's lean, it's rich in protein, and they use it for dog food. That could be an industry too. I was touring the Maui Humane Society. The number one expense mm-hmm. is dog food mm. down there. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Think about it. If they got dog food from, you know, from the kills of the of the axis deer. Oh yeah. Right. We got to control the population. It w- it's a win-win. So I mean, and you could market dog food. You could market dog food. Venison dog food, like in market, venison meat. Right. I mean, it's an industry. It's a potential industry. So, um, they're the new invasive species. I know it was goats at one time. It was pigs. Oh. Um, I don't know how how bad the problem is with pigs versus like you know, like I said, it used to be with goats and stuff. But the key is um, starting the industry, building the industry, building that workforce development. Hmm. Um, and I think there are people out there that would be willing to do it. Um, oh. So the county might have to invest in some slaughterhouses, and that's oh. you know that's a big expense, and and then work with the state, convince the state that we need these health inspectors. Oh. And again, everybody talks about diversifying the economy. Too much reliance on tourism. Oh. Well, here we are. It's staring us in the face. Right. You know, if you wanted to be a farmer, uh-huh. and let's say you wanted to go onions or tomatoes or cabbage, mm-hmm. that's a lot of work. Right. 
You can go shoot one deer today. Yeah. yeah. Tomorrow you can shoot deer every day. You're harvesting the deer. Yeah. There's no. You don't have to grow them. You don't have to. You don't have to feed them in water. It's not like it's not like raising. A, I'm not saying it's easy. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I'm just saying it's not like raising cattle, from you know, or raising pigs or mm. even growing plants, because they're already there. Huh. Right. That's a good point. And you do a big service when you, for the farmers and the ranches when you eradicate them, and there's a lot of eradication going on because mm. we're at that point. Mm -hmm. That's I would call it a crisis, and I think what's not far behind are the chickens. Oh yeah, yeah. I think feral chickens are right up there too. Yeah. So we got to figure out ways. Right now, the the policy or the plan is to kill the deer, mm. right? Eradicate them because they're causing all this. Right. But if you can convert that into an industry, wow! I mean, that's like a double. Yeah. Like a double, right? Yeah. So that's that's what I think about that. For shame. Mahalo wow. to shame for that question. Dang. <laughs> wow. And we need more hunters. That's we need more cool. hunters. I didn't realize. 65,000. Yeah. 60, so, between yeah. 6 and 65 is the number <sighs> estimate that was given to me by DLNR. And oh. so, and I know the, the managed population is 20. If we can get to 20, we're just right. And we're just oh. talking about Maui right now. I'm right. sure Lanai and Molokai have their own challenges. Oh, my goodness. Wow. So we got to... We got to create the industry because then it will be attractive. For right now, people shoot for probably home, you know, yeah. home use or they like to hunt. Yeah. But we can't just be going for racks. You got to shoot. We got to kill the doe. We got to kill, really, we got to kill you know, because it's multiplying. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing I'm learning is our weather works against us again in this industry because on the mainland, there's one breeding season because of the winter. Oh. Because we know more winter. Yeah. They, I believe, can uh, give birth like every eight months or so. So almost twice in a year. And that's a, you know, so we put, and they can have two. The mom can give birth to two, right? Huh. Uh, usually, I mean, one or two. Mm -hmm. So that, again, multiplies. They're, they're multiplying faster than we can eradicate. Wow. It's a... Uh, I, as long as they don't get to the watershed. All the, the other things the, I the talked water. about, yeah, the, water. the watershed is the one thing. No more water, we're, we're done, right? <laughs> I mean, so right. you got to be real. And the watershed people know this, and they've taken lots and lots of precautions. Right. But we should be helping them. And people agree the venison is some of the best in the world. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you've ever had from yeah. friends and family, it's great. Mm -hmm. my, my secretary used to make venison chili all the time for mm. us at our work. She would just say, oh, I made my husband killed mommy. Made venison chili, I think. I mean, the food is good. I yeah. mean, the meat is good. So. Yeah. Yes. Great question. Yeah. Great yeah. question. Yeah, Shane, thank you. Yeah, we thought, we thought a lot about this issue. Dang. It's the number one invasive species, I think, right now. Yeah. On Maui. Wow. Maui County, actually. Maui County, yeah. yeah. All right. And then uh, going down to our, we'll go one more question. Okay. Uh, actually, where, is, where did it go? Oh, so this is from Joanna. Uh, who owns All Kind CrossFit. Um, does our future mayor support exercise, health, nutrition through our gyms in our community? And if so, are there any support for small businesses for our residents on health and wellness? Joanna. Yes, the short answer. I do support that. Um, you know, I think we should be increasing our fitness stations, our parks, mm. our walking, biking, and um, 
uh, hiking trails, um, oh, especially hiking, hiking along trails. from, let's say, the Pali to Puamana mm-hmm. in that area. Because, you, know, you know, we've had to move the highway up because of... Oh um, right, you know, right. because of the um, uh, what was I want to say, increase, you know, uh, in climate change because right. of climate change. That's what I guess I was looking for. And so uh, we should be looking at more wayside parks. Mm. Um, think of like Wahikuli uh, Beach Park, something like that. We we could have more campgrounds mm. along those, and we should de- definitely be encouraging more. Um, parks and fitness stations water stations we should be having that more and that's an ideal location for that people love to camp out in that area right yeah, um yeah. and um i don't know if that's palawaea you know at the bottom of mm-hmm. the of the pali um always you see people out there right wanting to camp at certain times of the year so we should the county should seriously look into that county or state i don't know if it's state land and or if that's something that we can receive. Mm-hmm. So not just so much in gyms, um, but in our park system, in our community. Mm. Because we're an outdoor culture. Everybody yep. knows that. Yep. I mean, because of our weather and our lifestyle. Um, so we should be promoting and encouraging more of that. Mm. Uh, whether it's camping, hiking, you know, biking. Um, we got to increase that, uh, that opportunities more for our local folks. Mm. Um, yeah, health and fitness. You know, we talk about health and wellness. You know, I would like us to promote more uh, cultural healing too, which is Ho'oponopono, La'au, La'pa'au, Lomi, right? Those are um, healing arts that we yeah. can promote right here on Maui, right? Right. Our right. cultural, and it's not to um, capitalize on anything. We should be, you know, there were seven of us who uh, received our, our certificates in Ho'oponopono. Uh-huh. We started with 12, but that is, there are fewer and fewer practitioners. Mm. So whatever we can do to revitalize that, uh, we have, I'm sure we have lots of more Lomi, Lomi people, you know, massage therapists, Lomi, uh, in particular Lomi, and then even more so uh, Lao which is, you know, Hawaiian herbs and medicines. So I think when we talk about wellness or even health in our community, those are areas we should definitely be um, promoting. Mm. So yes, I'm, I'm in favor of this. I love that. And then final question. Uh, we like to ask all our guests, what does the title fighting sickness with fitness mean to you? The title means the healthier you are, the less likely you are to be ill. I love that. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so Justin, much for coming on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you thank for you having so me. Much. Very much. It's great to meet you and thank you for opening your space. Thank you. Uh, for you guys um, tuning in, I want you guys to check out uh, his website, richardbisson.com. And then what are Bisson some other? Movement. Bisson, oh, Bisson Movement. BissonMovement.com. Yeah. Yeah, and then we'll link, them all, we'll link them all to our platform. So just click the link below and uh, we'll see you guys on the other side. And ask them to register to vote. Yeah, we want people to register to vote and, of course, cast their votes as well. That'd be great. Boom. Anything you want to, uh, any last thing you want to leave off? No, thank you. Just thank you to you for promoting just uh, our community as a whole. And I appreciate, I'm very honored to be invited here. Thank you very much for the lay as well. Mahalo. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Thank you, guys.